We are continuing our series through the, the series entitled Forged in Fire. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Forged in Fire? Forged in Fire. And um, so the first week we talked about persecution and multiplication. We talked about the sovereignty of God. We spoke from Exodus chapter one, in Exodus chapter 1. And then the second week we talked about um, Exodus chapter 2, and we talked about the significance of Levi, and we also talked about the significance of Moses' fa- mother and father putting him in the ark and trusting God. La- uh, two weeks ago, we spoke about, um, it, from Exodus chapter 2 again, and we spoke about how Moses spent some time in Egypt, and he spent some time in Midian, and we talked about how both of those were influential and, and were important in his development. And so we're just going to continue talking Um, about the life of Moses. And so in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Moses? Look to your other neighbor and say, Moses, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. And now the cry of Israel has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You know, you think about the climate of the situation, it's kind of interesting. Um, the people of Israel had been harshly oppressed for 400 years. They had their taskmasters, and they had difficult living, and they had hardship and toil, oppression and conflict. There was this huge injustice that was happening, and there was a need. There was a need. There was some people that needed to be rescued. There were some people that needed to be saved. And in many ways, this is a a shadow, a foreshadowing of what's happening today. Do you agree with me? Even today, there's a huge need. There are people that are in oppression. There are people that are in hardship and toil. There are people that are in bondage to sin. It's, it was a shadow of things that are happening. A lot of times you see these types in the Old Testament and types shadow- going over into the New Testament. So it was a shadow of the things that were happening and the things that, are, that were to come. It was a shadow of things that are happening today. And if, if you don't think that there's a need today, I pray that the Lord will open your eyes to the need. Amen? There are a lot of things that need to be... I mean, the Lord needs to come and, and he needs to be our deliverer once again. Amen? Like, the Lord needs to come. He needs to save us once again. I mean, you, you just look at all the things. I mean, sometimes I, I think, oh, my goodness, like, are my eyes closed? Are my eyes closed to the things that are happening? Like, you, 
You see all the things that are happening with, with sex trafficking. Oh, my goodness. You see all the injustices that are happening with abortion. Oh, my goodness. You see all the injustices that are happening with foster care and people not having a family. And you see all the things. All the things. I work at a bank, and I see fraud every single day, people coming in. All the things that are happening. You see, there's a huge injustice that was happening then. And you see it as being a foreshadowing of the things that are happening today. It's interesting because often when you look at history, it's at the feet of hardship or trials or turbulation that God calls out his leaders. And God is looking for leaders today. Amen. How many of you feel like you're a leader today? Raise your hand. Oh boy. Okay. How many feel like God is calling you out today to be a leader? He calls out his people during hardship and trials. And I think sometimes when we see these things that are happening We think that God doesn't care, God doesn't see, or God doesn't understand, or God doesn't know. But I love it that he says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, he says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. He sees. I have heard them crying because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. To me, that's, that's refreshing to know that God sees and he hears and that he is concerned. And down in verse 9, he says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way that the Egyptians are oppressing them. So there's an injustice. God sees, he hears, he's concerned, and he's calling Moses out for his glory and for his name. And I think God is still calling people out. I think God is still reaching out to people and drawing them out from the wilderness. But sometimes I kind of wonder, what made Moses unique? Have you thought about that? Like, what made him unique? And how did, how did Moses align himself to be used mightily of God? And why did God choose him? Have you ever thought, like, like what, what made him unique? In fact, you, you look at the people that God called in the Bible, and there's, there, there's, it's, it's interesting because, because there, there isn't— he used all sorts of different types of people, didn't he? I mean, he used fishermen— he used a prostitute ugh, named Rahab. He he used um, uh, he used a donkey. I, he he, you, he like you look at you look at the people that he used, and it's interesting. You kind of wonder what exactly made Moses unique. What made him? Why did God choose him to be the deliverer for the people of Israel? And I kind of want to take a look at a couple different things today. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, I think that he was faithful. Can you write that down? Are you, is anyone taking notes this morning? Anyone? A couple people? No one? Okay. Write this down in your head. <laughs> he was faithful. What made Moses unique? He was faithful. God is still looking for people. He was faithful. Take a look at verse 1 again. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Look at that. Now Moses, I don't know if you caught that, but Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. What was he? He was tending the flock, like, like he, was, he was tending the flock. You think about it. This was the founder of the faith, and he, the founder of this is one of the founders of our faith, and he isn't strategizing his master plan for world conquest. 
He isn't working on his sword skills. He isn't leading an army. But he's tending sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro. He's working. He's caring for stinky, kind of dumb, dirty sheep. He's feeding them. He's caring for them. Like, to me, this isn't very exciting. He's just, but he's being faithful. Being faithful. Do you want to be used of God? Maybe. Are you being faithful? You know, God doesn't, have you thought about this? God doesn't make mistakes. He places you where you're at to be faithful. He's placed you at your job to be faithful. He's placed you in your ministry to be faithful. He's placed you at the church to be faithful. He's placed you in your homes to be faithful. He's placed you in your relationships to be faithful. Like, like, like are you faithful? Are you faithful? Are you faithful? I, yeah, so I was, I was at the bank the other day, and this, this guy came in, and he was the owner of, uh, of a business in town. And uh, he said that he's been really desperately trying to find people to work for his business. And so he says, he's like, yeah, it's really, really hard to find someone to work right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I get it. I mean, it's a difficult time. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like you don't understand. It's really, really hard to find someone to work right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I get it. He's like, no, no, you don't really. He's like, I was interviewing this, this lady. And during the interview, like halfway through the interview, her phone rings. And when her phone rings, he's like, I thought she was just going to let it go. And she, she looked at her phone, and she answered the phone in the middle of the interview. Can you believe that? She answered the phone in the middle of She answers the phone. She answers the phone. She's like, oh, okay, yep, okay, okay, okay. And she gets up, and she leaves in the middle of the interview. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? Like, I'm, I'm, I need someone to work for, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and she gets up, and she leaves in the middle of the interview. And she says, oh, my unemployment just kicked in. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's insane. It's like, like it's, it's hard to find people to be faithful. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I feel like we have, we have a lot of things that uh, uh, go after our time. We have a lot of things that, but, but here Moses is, and he's tending his sheep. Sheep aren't exciting. Sheep aren't very, you know, we own sheep for a while on our farm in Minnesota. Sheep are not exciting. They're kind of stinky. They're kind of dumb. They just kind of wander around. They're not exciting. He's tending to his sheep, but he's being faithful. He's being faithful. If you want to be used of God in a mighty way, if you want to be used of God in a powerful way, are you being faithful? It might seem like something small. It might seem like something insignificant. It might seem like it might, but are you being faithful? Are you being faithful to your family? Are you being faithful to your ministry? Are you... Like, are you being, it, it might seem mundane, but God, you look at all these people that God calls throughout the, throughout the Bible, all sorts of different types of people, but God was always looking for people that were faithful. Are you being faithful? He was faithful. It's crazy. The second thing that I see is not only was he faithful, looks like you guys are sleeping this morning. Not only was he faithful, are you guys awake this morning? Why don't you guys clap a little bit? Wake yourselves up. Shake your neighbor. Are you guys faithful? Yes. Faithful. You guys are thinking about the hot dogs or whatever you're going to have after church. Faithful. He was faithful. Second of all, not only was he faithful, but he was humble, and he was humbled. He was humble, 
In fact, we know in Scripture it says that he was the humblest man on the face of the earth, which is funny because he wrote it about himself. He's like, I was the humblest man on the face of the earth. Moses, he was humble, but he was also humbled. How many of you guys know that, that, that sometimes you must be humbled? Like sometimes you think that you have everything. Sometimes you think that you're the, the creme de la creme, the creme de la creme. Sometimes you have to be humble. Sometimes God wants to humble us. Like that's hard for me because I don't want to be humbled. But, but, but he was humble and he was humbled. He had everything that he needed in Egypt. He was the second in command. He potentially was going to be the next pharaoh. He had all the schooling. He had all the food. He had all the wisdom. He, he, he had everything that he, he could possibly need in Egypt. And you see that, that he, he has an encounter with an Egyptian, and he runs. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. He, want, he runs into Midian, and you see, almost see like this deconstruction of a man that needed to be humbled. He went from having everything to having nothing. He went from being a 40-year-old man to being an 80-year-old fugitive on the run, wandering in the wilderness, taking care of sheep. God God brought him from a place of power and a place of esteem and a place of education and the Pharaoh's palace, having all the knowledge, everything that his heart desired to being in a place of fortitude for 40 years. And then he comes to God, and and he comes to God, and God says, take off your sandals, the place he was humbled. He was humbled. When you take off your sandals, it was was significant. It was a sign of respect. It was a sign of submission. It was a sign of reverence. It was a sign of humility. Take off your sandals, the place he was humbled, and he was humbled. And even you look at the way that God called him. He told him to take off his sandals, and he called him through not an oak tree, not a beautiful palm tree, but he called him through, if you look at the Hebrew word for this, the, 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 the word for the, for the bush, essentially it was a prickly bush. God called him through a prickly bush. He was humble, and he was humbled. Several years ago now, I thought that I was going to become a professional basketball player. And unfortunately, I am under height and underskilled. <laughs> and I really thought I was going to be a pro basketball player. And um, actually, I didn't. I, 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 that was my dream, but I, I was never good enough. And um, we had uh, this, uh, it was this uh, VBS sports camp for the kids. And we invited a bunch of kids. And our pastor at the time knew a, uh, he used to play professional ball down in South America. And um, yeah, so he, was, he wasn't good enough for the NBA, but he was good enough for pro ball in South America. And he was, uh, I think he was in his 40s. And um, so we're playing five on five. And I'm like, I am going to own you. And it was not the case at all. I was humbled. I was completely humbled. This guy was 40-some. He was dunking. He was passing. Like, the level of athleticism. Have you ever played against someone and they're just so much better than you and you, you can't even begin to compete with them? Maybe you play someone in racquetball, you play someone in tennis, play someone in frisbee golf, you play so, I don't know what it might be, and someone's just like so much better than you, and you realize quickly that you're not everything that you thought that you were. Anyone else? No? Anyone else been humbled? I see this humbling experience with Moses where he was, he was humbled. 
was humbled. God often, I think, refines us and molds us and prunes us and deconstructs us and humbles us into who, into who he made us to be. Are you faithful, but are you humble? God is looking for people that are humble. He's looking for people whom he can humble. Are you faithful? Are you humble? Look at verse 4. It says, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, catch this, and Moses said, Here I am. Are you faithful? Are you humble? Are you available? Are you available? You ever talked to someone before? You're like, hey, we should hang out. They're like, yeah, we should totally hang out. It's like, great. When do you want to hang out? Oh, whenever you want to hang out. Great. Well, when do you want to hang out? Well, when I'm, you know, I def- what about next Tuesday? Eh, I'm busy on Tuesday. What about next Wednesday? I'm busy on Wednesday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What, what about next Thursday? Ah, Thursday is, um, I don't know, something's going on Thursday. I'm busy on Thursday. What about Friday? Oh, Friday is typically my family night, so I can't hang out with you on Friday. What about Saturday? Oh, Saturday, that's my Sabbath. I got to rest on, because Sunday's the big day. What about Sunday after church? Well, Sunday after church is kind of... I got to go home and take my afternoon nap, and then I walk the dog. And then after that, I like to watch um, Desperate Housewives. I don't know. I like to, you know, after that, I like to watch my show. What about next Monday? Well, next Monday, I got some other things going. Next Monday, I work, and then um, I don't even know. I think I'm busy. What about next Tuesday? Like, have you ever met someone like that where, 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 where like, nothing, like, no matter what you mention to them, their schedule is never available. And, and, then, and then pretty soon you're, you're setting up to connect with them, and it's like three months away. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. So, so. And then like uh, the day before, they send you a message and tell you that they aren't available. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is insane. So like either I'm not very important to this person, or this person is so busy that they don't have time to do anything else. And you look at Moses, and here's Moses, and he is, he's busy. He's, he's tending to his flock, and he's feeding the sheep, and he's working, and he's doing his thing. And God speaks to him, and Moses says, eh, you know what, Moses, Moses, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I'm taking care of the sheep right now. No, 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 you know, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm watering the sheep. Watering the sheep. I'm, no, I'm, I'm giving them something to drink. I don't know what the right word is. I, no, no, I, I just can't. You know, I got to go back. I got to visit my father-in-law, Jethro, and my wife. She's crazy. I got to go back, take care of her, take care of my two kids. I, I'm not available. But when he spoke to Moses, Moses said, what did he say? He said, here I am. Here I am. You know, often when God calls us, it's in the middle of our busy schedules. Have you ever thought about that? It's often 
in the busy of, in the middle of our busy schedules. And here Moses is, he's working, and yet he says, here I am. I started to think about all the people that God called while they were working. All the people that could have had an excuse not to follow him. All the people that could have said, you know what, I'll come back to you later. You know what, I'm busy. My, I, I'm, I, I'm doing something right now. And then I started thinking, when God called Gideon, Gideon was working. He was threshing wheat. When God called Samuel, Samuel was caring for the tabernacle. When God called Elijah, Elisha was plowing the fields. When God called David, David was tending to the sheep. When God called the disciples, the disciples were fishing. When God called Matthew, Matthew was collecting taxes. Like, I think God wants us to be people that are working, yes, but it's not necessarily um, our ability that matters. It's our availability. Are you available? I got work kids, I got my in-laws, I got my time with my friends, I got my practice, I got my sports, I got, I got to play my football, I, I got, I got my, my tennis, I got all these things. And I think a lot of times the enemy just likes to keep us occupied. You talk to people today and they are so busy. If God were to call you today to do something for him, would you be available? Moses said, here I am. I got things going on. I'm taking care of the sheep. Taking care of my kids. They're crazy. I'm taking care of my wife. Take, take care of it. Here I am. Lord, send me. Are you faithful? Are you humble? Are you humbled? Are you available? And as the worship team comes back up, are you watching and are you listening? Are you watching and are you listening, Nick? Are you watching and are you listening? Are you paying attention to your surroundings? Moses could have been so preoccupied with his busyness. He could have been so preoccupied with the dirty sheep, with the, with the, with the, with the silly sheep that he could have totally missed out on God calling him. It says he looked, he saw, and he went over to take a closer look. Are you watching and are you listening? Are you watching and are you listening? I think God is calling every one of us. Because again, this is a this is a this is this is a this is a glimmer, it's a shadow, it's a type of what's happening right now. There are, there are people that are suffering. There are people that are, are oppressed. There are people that are hurting. God is calling every one of us. Are we watching? Are you watching? Are you 
listening. Rabia, are you being faithful? Tom, are you humble? Are you being humbled? Lisa, are you available? And are we watching? Are we listening? Why don't you guys stand up? God, have your spirit move this morning, Father. I've put forth your word. And God, I just pray that you do the rest of the work. God, move in these people. God, I know you've been moving in my heart as I prepared this week. My week was busy. I had so much going on, Father. And as I prepared, I thought, man, am I available? Am I being faithful? Am I being humble? Am I, am I watching? Am I listening? Or am I distracted by all the things, all the trappings of this world? God, we know in Scripture that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. God, we know that we live in a lost and dying world that's destined for hell. God, we know that there are people that are lost and we know that there are people that are just embedded in their sin. There are people that are oppressed. God, we know that there are people that are just being uh, torn down by the enemy. We know that uh, there are people that are enslaved to their taskmasters, Father. And God, I, I, I know that you're calling us to be light to a dark world. God, quicken our spirit. Speak to us this morning. Minister to us this morning. Open up our eyes this morning. Open up our hearts this morning to what you have for us, God. And as we sing this song one last time, may you receive the glory and you receive the praise.